Whether you're just starting to plan your career path, you're a hard worker seeking greater opportunity, an aspiring entrepreneur, or a business person at the top of your game, Radio 111 presents The Success Doctor, a roadmap to best practices to help you achieve your best professional life with Dr. Stone James. Here's Stone. Hey, thank you for making the time to get together. Looking forward to talking to you uh, here in the next hour. So, last discussion, we talked about we talked about your purpose. We talked about your core values. We've talked about relationships, self-discipline, heart. We really identified. We really talked through what it's like to be a leader, and in the context of not just both leadership in your uh, professional life, but also your personal life. Maybe you have a civic life. Maybe you are volunteering or working in the community is something that's near and dear to your heart. And so had some really good discussions and some really good content there, had some strong book recommendations. And so what I thought in this after, this discussion following that, we could go over opportunities. So you've decided to pursue an opportunity. I know in Cathedral City, they are working right now. Amazon is going to begin uh, hiring for a commercial hub center that is currently under construction. They anticipate this being completed here within the next probably 30 to 60 days. And they are going to begin a hiring process. And what's pretty exciting about this uh, opportunity is the fact that this is going to provide jobs that are generally a lot better than a lot of the jobs that some people may be forced to apply to here in the Coachella Valley. And that is something that we can dive into much bigger detail on in subsequent discussions in terms of what is a traded sector versus a non-traded sector. And that was actually what my uh, doctoral dissertation was about, was really the role of economic development and and, uh, strategy and and collaboration and regional economic development. And traded sectors is a huge thing. But what is really neat about this employment opportunity that Amazon is going to be offering is here you've got a global organization that is going to be establishing a beachhead right here in Cathedral City. And so for people who are either just coming out of high school, maybe they're in college, taking a break from college, maybe they've been in the work in the workforce for 10 or 15 years, there could be opportunities in this hiring event for you. And so what I believe that this Amazon, what I see this Amazon hiring opportunity is going to be several fold. So not only is it going to be a job with reasonable compensation levels, there's going to be different types of jobs offered, but you're going to get benefits, you're going to get 401k, and most importantly, I think, uh, is you're going to get up to 95% tuition reimbursement. And in the course of our time together in the coming months and years, we're going to talk a lot about education as an opportunity to upskill your current skill set and just how important that is. How do you stay relevant? How do you stay fresh? What is the new thing that you can learn, that you can develop, that you can push and pull yourself to offer employers or bring to a company that you have decided to start yourself? And so and so you've let's say you have identified your core purpose, 
and you've taken a step to either fully realize that or that you want to make a shift either within your current organization or a new organization and you want to start directing your path closer and more in alignment to your North Star. So you've got that interview. What are you going to do? A lot of people I know, they haven't had a, a real interview in 20 years. And they're really nervous. Or maybe they're a student that just finished high school or just finished college and they don't have huge resumes to talk about. Or maybe they haven't really gone on a lot of interviews. So how do you prepare for an interview? So I thought that could be a really fun discussion that we could unpack and really take this next hour and truly explore that. So I was in the real estate industry during the, the Great Recession, during the Great Crash of 2006 through 2008. And uh, one of my friends jokingly said that everyone was on the bus and the bus slammed on the brakes and everyone was thrown through the windshield of the bus. Now, that was something that was had a was major disruption within the real estate industry. There was a substantial number of people that left the real estate industry because that industry was devastated. And so I had, being the fact that at the time I had a master's of real estate development, and being the fact that I was in the home building industry and just absolutely loved the opportunity to work on solving the housing crisis and build homes that people could raise a family in or retire or live their best lives, um, I saw a lot of my friends, including myself, get laid off. And there was a book that I purchased that I have probably given out, I've probably purchased it and sent it to 40 different people over the last 25 years. In fact, it was a recommendation given to me by a, an attorney that I knew uh, back when I was living up in Seattle. And he had said, Stone, there's this book called 60 Seconds and You're Hired by Robin Ryan. Again, that's 60 Seconds and You're Hired by Robin Ryan. Unfortunately, at that time, the book was out of print. So I found the book in the library, and I photocopied every single page, and I stapled it together, and I studied the book. And what was remarkable was I had a core skill set at the time, I have cert I had certain traits that I that I think are certainly positive. Certainly got a lot of drive and ambition and passion for things, but I was never able to effectively communicate that in an interview. And ever since I read that photocopied version of that book 25 years ago, my success rate with interviews has it is it is 180 degrees different. I started getting those jobs. Uh, some of those jobs included working in uh, a Fortune 10 company, one of the 10 largest companies in the world. I've worked for two Fortune 500 companies that were the top 10 home builders. That was later in my life. Uh, I used the, uh, the techniques within this book, 60 Seconds in Your Hired, uh, to interview for a special unit within the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department where I am grateful and, uh, for the opportunity and I passionately serve as a reserve within the LA County Sheriff's Department and uh, on Mountain Rescue and a couple of other special units. Uh, I had a, a two friends who were engineers who used this to land great positions with a local water district. 
I even had a friend who was an attorney, and this individual used this book and the ideas within this book to land an attorney job. And so really, the, this has complete applicability. So I thought what we could do is we could sit down with this book and we could kind of unpack what this book is about. So the title of the book is kind of catchy. 60 seconds and you're hired. What possibly is that about? And what that does is, and I think it was actually a, a brilliant title, I'd actually like to meet the, uh, the uh, Miss, Miss Ryan at some point, the author, but really what this speaks about is, is that humans have limited attention spans. How much money do, do major manufacturers spend on Super Bowl commercials? These are 30 seconds, maybe they're minute spots, maybe they're 20 second spots. How much money do they spend? And they realize that people have very limited attention spans. And so that's really what this book is about, is identifying what those what, well, coming up with what Miss Ryan talks about is your five-point agenda. So you're going for a job, and that job could be, could be as a planning commissioner, it could be as a reserve deputy in a specialized unit, it could be as a uh, economic development director, it could be as an attorney and engineer, it could be maybe even as a housekeeper, it could be as maybe some sort of sales associate at a hotel, the type of job doesn't matter. But what you do is, is you put yourself in the shoes of the person interviewing you. So that person has a lot at stake. They need to find someone who's gonna fit within their company culture. They need to find someone who's gonna be successful. In fact, their success is gonna be in part predicated on your success. And so ultimately, why they're interviewing you is because they have a greater mission, they have a need, they have a purpose. And they need to get someone in a given position, and that position has to accomplish certain things. And this is where you get to have a little fun, is you identify the position that you're applying for, and you identify five, six, seven, eight things that a, pos a person in the position that you want to occupy what are five to eight things that that person must have, possess, or do in order to be successful in that position? What are those core traits? What is the knowledge? What is the orientation? What is it about the person that's gonna be successful in that role that you're interviewing for that they need? And then you go through that list that you've just dutifully created the things, those core qualities that the person who is interviewing you is going to look for. And then you identify five of those that you have. So there's this concept of past actions are good predictors of future performance. Past actions are good predictors of future performance. I think they're actually excellent predictors of future performance. So for each one of those core qualities that you have, you come up with at least one example of how you have demonstrated that core quality. Anyone can say, oh, I'm driven. Oh, I have an attention to detail. Oh, I'm a team player. It's something else to say that I am driven. I am a team player. 
and then come up with a specific example of how you demonstrated that core quality in your work life, in your personal life, or let's say you're in, in school or you just got out of school or you're going back to school. Come up with at least one example of how you, of how you demonstrated that core trait. So here's what's kind of fun. So I have been in interviews or I have, I have been on the, the interviewing table when someone has gone through, tell me about themselves, and they start telling me where they went to high school and what their favorite car was, what their first car was, things that are uh, maybe interesting if you're having lunch, but things that are completely irrelevant if you're in a hiring process. And so what this book helps you do is it helps you narrow the focus. It helps you narrow your response when you're interviewing. And so that when you begin to answer their questions, you answer their questions to reiterate the five points, the five things that that interviewer must find in a candidate, in the, in the person that's gonna be successful in the job, you are repeating those. And you're repeating them not once, not twice, you're repeating it three times, four times, five times. So when we come back f- shortly, We're going to talk more about what that means, what that looks like. So I'm Dr. Stone James. You're listening to Radio 111. I appreciate you taking the time, and I look forward to talking to you shortly. Helping you achieve professional goals and objectives with tried and true approaches in the workplace. This is The Success Doctor on Radio 111. Now, here's Dr. Stone James. So a moment ago, we were talking about the book, 60 Seconds and You're Hired. And we were talking about this, the book and the principles within it really being a secret weapon on your next interview opportunity. And so we've, we recently had discovered and discussed coming up with a five-point agenda, and that is, is identifying the, the five critical points that a person that's going to be going into the position that you're interviewing for, what are the five things that they must have if they're going to be successful in that position? Because that's ultimately what that interviewer needs to find. He needs to find a person that is going to be successful in that position that they're interviewing for. So your, your trick, your goal, is to identify what you think those five traits, five to seven, five to eight traits are, and then you come up with five of those that you know you possess. Because we all know there may be a trait or a skill that might be really helpful in that new position, but we don't know everything. We don't have all of the traits and skills that we need, right? But you do have some certain core competencies, certain things that you can leverage to be successful in that position. So you identify what your five points are, your five-point agenda, and you come up with an example or multiple examples of how you have demonstrated, successfully demonstrated that behavior previously, whether it be in your personal life, your academic life, your home life. 
and then you have those at the ready. So when they ask a question, so tell me about yourself, they're probably not too interested in where you went to high school or your first car, what your favorite color is, but they want to hear you tell the, share them information that's going to help them make the best decision possible on who they're going to hire. So when you go through and you answer their questions, tell me about yourself. Now, this is just me. Everyone has a different approach, but uh, uh, I, uh, I never want to come across as, as arrogant. I previously had worked in an industry that had uh, some folks that were just, some of them were tremendously arrogant. Uh, and aside from money, they didn't have much else. And uh, that, that just really was a turnoff. So I've always appreciated more of a humble approach. And so, so in an interview, I'm not really comfortable talking about myself because I don't want to brag. And so one of the ways that I've responded to that question, tell me about yourself, and rather espousing, oh, I'm great, oh, I'm this, oh, I'm that, the approach that I took is, is that I would say, well, I think if you were to talk to coworkers or family friends, here are some of the things that they would tell you. They would tell you that I am very driven, that I care about others, that I have a remarkable attention to detail, that I can solve complex problems. Really, whatever th those core competencies that I'm going to talk about are going to be a function of the position that I'm interviewing for. And so the, the traits, the core competencies that I would need when I was a planner for a, a, a planning commission member for the city of Indio, that was a different set of core competencies that I needed in order to be on a mountain rescue team for a sheriff's department which is a different set of core competencies that I would need in my current position, a position that I absolutely love as Director of Economic Development for the City of Cathedral City. So the position is going to define how you respond to the question. So tell me about yourself. So you've come up with those five or six or seven or eight things that they need in that position. You've come up with examples of how you've repeatedly demonstrated that behavior and then as they ask you new questions, you answer their question in light of those five of your five-point agenda. Why is that important? Well, that gets back to the original premise of the book. People have limited attention spans. This interview is going to be a huge thing for you. But keep in mind that the person interviewing you they have a full-time job that they're managing. They may even be covering two or three jobs, which is part of, the, part of the reason why they're probably interviewing you. They've got stress of their home life. They've got a lot of other things going on. And so while this is the only position that you really, really want, this is your dream job, you may be one of 10 applicants that they are reviewing, that they're interviewing. So how do you stand out? And it's just how the uh, major manufacturers, when they do a 20-second or 30-second TV ad, and they spend millions of dollars doing that because they know how important repetition is. So when you are answering their interview questions in light of your five-point agenda, guess what's going to happen? At the end of the day, 
when they look through and they say, okay, well, gosh, we, we interviewed John and Mike and George. And well, now, was George the one with the glasses or, did, or is that Stone? Did he have, you want those five points agendas to jump out. Oh yeah, Stone was the guy who was driven, who was detail-oriented. You want that, that repetition of those, those key points? Those will be top of mind. Because I assure you, at the end of the day, after a long day of interviews and all of the stress that interviewer has, it's that repetition is going to help you stand out. So we're going to continue our discussion on the success doctor. But first, we have a news update from NBC Radio News Team. You're listening to Radio 111. I'm Dr. Stone James. I appreciate your time. The doctor is in. Putting your best foot forward on the job with Dr. Stone James on The Success Doctor. From Radio 111, here's Stone. This is Dr. Stone James. I appreciate you making time to tune in. I'm glad that we're back talking. We're going over the book. We're going over how to interview, successfully interview for a new position. Hopefully, it's going to be a position at a dream company or a dream job. Or at a minimum, hopefully it's going to be a position that is going to get you closer to your true north, what your north star is. And so in the previous segment, we were discussing a book by Robin Ryan, last name of Ryan, called 60 Seconds and You're Hired. We talked about how people have, all humans, have limited attention spans. There is a quote from Dale Carnegie. Well, he wrote his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. By the way, a foundational read. If you've not read it, buy it. If you don't like it, I'll buy it back from you. Uh, It was written in 1932. It's been translated, I believe, to 250 languages. In order to be a a New York bestseller, it has to sell 100,000 copies. Dale Carnegie sold slightly more than that. Since it was written in about 1932, it sold 15 million copies. And so they they talk about a lot of things. Uh, I actually went through the Dale Carnegie course years ago. I had the privilege of that. I was very grateful for it. When I went through it, I found that not only was I a better coworker, uh, I was a better son, I was a better uh, brother, and I was a better significant other. A very good book. It sounds, the title, How to Win Funds and Influence People, sounds manipulative. It's actually the opposite. But one of the things that Dale said in that book that I always just thought was so adorable was bait the hook to suit the fish. Dale Carnegie apparently really loved strawberries and cream. But if he was going to go trout fishing, he certainly wouldn't. Even though he loves strawberries and cream, he wasn't going to put strawberries and cream on a fishing hook. He was going to use a worm. And so so we talked about this idea of uh, limited attention spans, the five-point agenda, how you bait the hook to suit the fish. And so you're really, uh, you're, you're really distilling down 
all of your best traits, your core qualities that you possess, that you know are going to help you be successful in that position, and you are succinctly and repeatedly, not in a weird way, but repeatedly sharing that with them. So when they ask a question, it could be as simple as, well, tell me about yourself. You figure out how to intertwine your five-point agenda, the five traits that you possess that that interviewer must have if they are going to be successful in hiring a person for that job. So you work those into, uh, you work those into the conversation. You come up with a 60-second sell. They may ask a question of, why, why should I pick you? I tell you, and you're in the middle of an interview, that's not the time that you should be searching for an answer. This is something that you need to have thought about beforehand and you need to have practiced. Maybe you do it in front of your spouse. Maybe you do it in front of the mirror. Maybe you do it in your car. Thankfully now, because of speakerphones and cars, uh, people no longer look, you know, look, look at you like you're crazy. They just assume you're on the phone. They don't need to know that you're talking to yourself. But you rehearse that. And you rehearse that to the point that it just comes out naturally. It's the same thing if you've got a big presentation. You've got that initial 10 seconds, that 15 seconds, that initial introduction. You practice that opening. You don't wing it, oh, I've done it 100 times. No, you practice the opening. You identify what that opening is. So you come across clearly, confidently, in command. And so when they say, why should I hire you? You have come up with a, an articulate response that is succinct and that incorporates your five-point agenda so you have yet another opportunity to reinforce that you possess the traits that they need if they're going to be successful in hiring a person for that position. So one of the neat things about this book, that uh, 60 Seconds and You're Hired by Robin Ryans, is she also talks about well, certainly, uh, hiring trends, the 60-second sell, when to use it, but also the interview techniques. Uh, I have been a part of enough interviews on the interviewing side that it is, uh, at a minimum, it's amusing. Uh, other times, I feel like it's kind of tragic how some people will show up for interviews. In fact, just just on Friday, I was talking to a gentleman who just started a new automotive company uh, in uh, La Crescenta, California, RS Automotive. Uh, fantastic gentleman, really good core values. He's on the Altadena Mountain Rescue Team. He's a master certified uh, auto mechanic through Toyota and Lexus. He just opened up his, his new shop, and he had a gentleman show up uh, for an interview in board shorts, and flip-flops and he did it twice thankfully the board short and flip-flops was not held against him but on the second interview he did kind of pull him inside and say hey you're showing up for a job interview in shorts and flip-flops do you think that's a good idea and so similarly that that interview attire that is the first opportunity to make a positive impression so you may be saying well gosh stone i don't own an armani suit well that's okay uh, very few people that I know do, and hopefully, hopefully no one I know does, because those are ridiculously expensive. You can find a great suit, 
or you can find a nice collared shirt. Hopefully it's pressed, needs to be pressed. Um, maybe a sport coat. Uh, there is uh, a, an organization out here in the Coachella Valley, out here in Southern California, called Best Friends Closet. And it's a wonderful outfit. And what they do is, is they accept donations from uh, working professionals for business attire that they no longer need. And so that is an opportunity for an applicant to go in and purchase a suit or sport coat, and they've got dozens of them. They may even find dress shoes or, you know, uh, dress shoes, you know, also for women, uh, dress clothes for women too, that you could use for an interview. And so how do you set up that initial first impression? So you definitely want to dress up. I'd rather be overdressed than underdressed. And so when you, when you have that interview, and by the way, when you walk through that door until you're getting in your car to leave, that entire time is an interview. Now, I would hope, and we talked about this last time, we talked about being an authentic individual. We talked about leading with authenticity. And we talked about your purpose. We talked about your core values. We talked about your relationships, how to lead and act with heart and self-discipline. And so hopefully you do this already. And I'd respectfully suggest if you don't, you need to change today. And that is, is treating everyone with dignity and respect, whether it be the janitor, the person at the front desk. And so know that when that, that interview is from the moment you step out of your car or off the bus to the moment you get back into that car or off your bus, that entire time is an interview. And so how are you? Are you respectful? Are you polite? Are you patient? Are you constantly on your phone? Oh gosh, I hope you're not on your phone. I hope you're not texting. I hope you are present and engaged. And so just know that when you show up for that interview, it is the entire time that they're interacting with you. I had uh, a situation where I was applying for a big promotion. Uh, this was at a Fortune 10 company, and I was to become, I ended up getting the position, I was the youngest person in the department. And in fact, there were people who worked in the department that had kids my age. So that was certainly an interesting dynamic. And also, one of the things, too, is this, that position, they absolutely required an MBA. And at the time, I had not gone to graduate school. So it was also interesting how when they find they're looking for the right traits, yes, they'll say, oh, we need this, and yes, we need that. And, but really, they're looking for the right person and the right fit. And so... Anyway, so fast forward, I had had the, the multiple interviews with multiple different people, and they said, hey, do you want to go to lunch? And I said, yeah, you betcha. So we went to lunch, and thankfully, even at that young age, I had the wisdom to realize that that lunch, even though it was casual, outside of the office, the big boss wasn't there, the rest of the team were interviewing me. Now, thankfully, my professional life is in congruence with my personal life. I'm not one person at work 
and another person at home. And I think that's important because I think if you are two different people, um, if, if you are not, if you are a fake person at work and you are another person at home, that's eventually going to show through. And that's something that I would hope that you would bring into alignment and is how to really, and, and I think as part of the bigger picture is, is when you really look at how you lead your best life and when you realize that you don't have enough time. I've talked to some people in their 20s or even 30s or 40s, oh, I've got plenty of time to do that. And in reality, they don't. Time is our most important resource. And what are we doing with it? And so hopefully you are going to have, you are going to have that, 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 that respect-based way of leading your personal life. That's the same person you bring to work. But nonetheless, that interview starts the moment you, you step on the grounds to the moment you get in your car or on the bus and you head home. And so what else do we have here? Certainly, not only do you need, there was a quote that I'd heard years ago, and that was, if you're not five minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. And so a friend of mine recently who I like to lift weights with, a real dynamic guy, uh, very smart, very well read, he had read, recommended a book by Scott Adams. And I was thinking, I, and Scott Adams, Mr. Adams, writes the Dilbert cartoon book. And I thought, what possibly can I learn from someone who writes a cartoon? Well, anyway, the name escapes me right now, but I uh, had read this book by Scott Adams, and it was, it was truly a life changer. One of the things that I realized in this book, written by a comedian who actually is brilliant, top, uh, graduated top his MBA class, uh, was the fact that um, you've, got, you've got people who streamline or who optimize. And so one of the things that I realized why I was maybe oftentimes running late was because I was trying to optimize and squeeze one more thing in. When you're going to an interview, not only, it's not about being on time. If you're not five minutes early or 15 minutes late, you need to be showing up well before the interview. So if there's any issues, any problems, you've got time to work it out. You have time to relax. You have time to sit to yourself and you have time to be present. And so with that, there's going to be more useful information coming on the next Success Doctor on Radio 111. I'm Dr. Stone James, and I look forward to talking to you. This is the Success Doctor on Radio 111, helping students and professionals at all stages along the journey to success. Now, here's Dr. Stone James. We're back. I appreciate you making the time. I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. Today, we've been talking about interviewing. Uh, we have got a fantastic opportunity within Cathedral City for an upcoming hiring event that Amazon will be having for their commercial hub center located on Date Palm Drive in Cathedral City. Uh, and this is going to be, uh, a, I believe, a fantastic opportunity. There's going to be 152 positions within this facility 
there are going to be different uh, different duties, different pay scales, of course. But all of those positions are going to have salary. They're going to have benefits, medical benefits. They're going to have 401k. And most importantly, there's going to have up to 95% tuition reimbursement. And so in future segments, we'll talk more about the power of education, even if you're starting small or even if you're going back to school. But today we're talking about how to land the job. So you've got the interview, you've identified what your true north is, you've identified a position that is going to uh, hopefully do more than just put food on the table, but that's certainly uh, important. It cannot be undervalued, underappreciated, but maybe a position that's going to be reaching more towards what you want to accomplish in life. What's your life work? And so we've been talking about this book, 60 Seconds and You're Hired, some of the the key takeaways from this book. And we've talked about not only how to come up with the five-point agenda, to come up with the 60-second sell. We were just talking about actually the interview technique, arriving on time, actually. Remember what we said, if you're not five minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. So probably a good idea to to arrive 15 minutes early. Uh, Using people's names, uh, never brag, don't lie. Uh, never speak ill of other people. Uh, follow up with a handwritten thank you note. So there's all sorts of stuff that this book, 60 Seconds in Your Hired, goes over. Some of the other things that this book discusses is the questions to ask. What are you going to ask of them? Right? So not only this is two parts. Are you the right fit for them? But also, are they the right fit for you? turnover can be uh, disastrous for a company. So they want to know if they offer you this position are, and they are going to invest in you, are you similarly going to invest in them? I uh, recently had a situation, a close personal friend went through, uh, interviewed a number of different people. They found one person that they felt was just perfect. That person accepted the job. They started and within the first week they just ghosted them. They just didn't show up. And so it was really an embarrassment, uh, quite candidly. They invested a lot of time in this person within the first, let's say, two weeks. I think it was actually they had had begun their second week. And so a lot of adjustments were made, and then the person just decided to go in a different direction. So not only was that an embarrassment for them professionally, personally, but also it was hard on the organization. It was hard on the people inside of that organization. And so... So, so you've, you've, got this, you've got this opportunity. Are you showing up prepared? Are you taking a look at what you've done in your past and how does that relate to the position that you're interviewing for? And ultimately, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to look at? And we'll talk about this in future segments. Or what are your goals? What are your, uh, your, your, your six-month or one-year goals? What are your three-year goals? What are your five-year goals? Where do you want to be? What are you headed towards? And so for some people, they would like to have, they would like to get into one position and they'd like to stay there. I had a training officer with the LA Sheriff's Department for 10 years. Uh, The the depth of respect and appreciation I have for him is unparalleled. In fact, he, he was one of the key people that helped me make sure that I was able to uh, uh, stay, r- remain in my daughter's life, that I was able to have split custody with my daughter. 
And so he was just such an important uh, part of my life. And he was in the same position for 30 years. And you know what? He was incredible at it. And he provided a wonderful service to the community. There are other people who would like to climb the ladder. So long as you're climbing the ladder for the right reasons, that's certainly, uh, that's certainly great too. So definitely no judgment on someone who just wants a position because they're managing other things in life. They just want to be able to show up to work, put in their best time and leave. Or the person who really wants to develop that career, wants to move up the ladder, wants to, it's constantly trying to refresh and sharpen their skill set. Think about those things. Think about what's important and put that best foot forward. So I have appreciated the time that you've taken. I hope this discussion on interview techniques you have found to be useful. We have got a lot of fantastic things going on within the city of Cathedral City. I'd recommend that you take a look at a Cathedral City Economic Development website. That's ccedd.org. And also, if you have any questions during the week that we're not together, please tweet me at drstonejames. Again, at drstonejames. Or email me at stone at radio111.com. Thanks again. We look forward to seeing you next week for the Success Doctor on Radio 111. Have a great week and make it a big success.